Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I am so excited to bring you this special episode all about celebrating freedom. Now, if you didn't know this, Horatio Printing donates 20% of our quarterly profits to A21 to help fight human trafficking. And I am so excited to let you know that today we have just crossed over the $70,000 mark. And so collectively, for those of you who have ever shopped with Horatio Printing, you have played a role in providing freedom for someone else. Now today I have the privilege of interviewing Phil Highgard, the COO of A21. He is amazing, love him to death, and he is going to give us a little behind the scenes of A21, a little update behind their mission, what they do. So strap in, this is going to be an amazing, amazing interview conversation, and I'm so excited to share it with you. And if you want to give directly to our A21 fundraiser, you can absolutely do that. Just go to HoratioPrinting.com backslash A21, just A21, HoratioPrinting.com backslash A21. So let's go ahead and dive into this special conversation. All right. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited for this very special episode. It is the beginning of 4th of July weekend, and I thought when it comes to 4th of July and the celebration of freedom, when I hear the word freedom, I think about A21. A21 is such an incredible organization that Horatio Printing partners with, and they are all about providing freedom through really eradicating um, human trafficking and human slavery and abolishing it in the 21st century. And they're doing incredible work. And so I decided to interview my friend, Phil, who works at A21, who has been a part of the organization since the very beginning and just kind of learn from him and reconnect because it's been a few years. (laughs) So welcome, Phil, to the show. Thank you so much, Polly. It's great to connect and Happy 4th of July, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're here in the middle of summer. Um, It's hot. And I just wanted to have a conversation about freedom and I guess introduce the listeners if they're not familiar Mm -hmm. with A21, what you guys do um, Mm -hmm. and what y'all are doing now, because it's, you know, this company, um, nonprofit's been around for, gosh, what is it? 13 years? It's 14 years this year. Yeah, 14. Yeah. Amazing. I'd like to know a little bit more. Let's tell the audience a little bit about you, Phil. So introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Phil, and today I'm the COO of A21 and overseeing our global work. Um, I'm actually from Denmark uh, in Europe and uh, and also living here now. But um, when I was um, I was studying in Australia and through that, a long story short, I got connected with the founders of, of A21, Nick and Christine Kane, and uh, they sent me to, to Greece um, back in 2008 
to start up our very first operational office. And, um, and so I got to be part of, of A21 right from the get-go. Um, I believe I was the first person who actually came on staff with A21 anywhere. And uh, we really got to, to um, yeah, imagine the work of A21 and started helping the very first survivors that uh, we were able to assist uh, there in Greece. And so I lived in Greece for uh, around eight years um, wow. and uh, the, the work just grew and grew and grew. And um, I, uh, I found my wife and we got married and uh, the work grew of A21 around the world. And so in 2016, um, we, uh, we relocated to, uh, to Denmark, to Copenhagen, which we've been based at since. And, uh, and yeah, it's A21 today is is uh, working in, in 19 locations across 15 countries on six continents. So the work has really exploded and expanded uh, in a, such an incredible way over that, that time, uh, which I've uh, had the opportunity to be part of and, and uh, yeah, really um, set direction for, uh, which has been so exciting, obviously serving our founders with. And so A21 is, is an organization that's solely focused on eradicating human trafficking or modern day slavery. And so that's our mission. Uh, and we are absolutely focused on that. Um, but we, we are working with all forms of human trafficking. And um, obviously human trafficking is a, is a huge issue in our world today. It is one of the fastest growing organized crimes. We have more um, victims of human trafficking or let's call it slavery uh, than ever before. Uh, in our history, um, something like 45 million people are believed to to live in hum- uh, under human trafficking now, and so that's you know people forced um, into um, into the sex trade um, and uh, or in labor trafficking, perhaps building buildings or picking fruits or working in agriculture, but it could also be domestic servitude where people are held trapped in someone's home or online exploitation or forced begging or forced crimes and even uh, involving forced removal of someone's organs for selling on the black market or, or child soldiers. So there's many forms of human trafficking and A21 is, is focused on, on, on all of these. And we have a, a very bold mission that we can believe that we can abolish, eradicate human trafficking uh, in this 21st century, which we are uh, working on every single day around the world. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> there, there's obviously lots to, to be said about A21, but uh, that kind of paints the picture a little bit of my journey with it. Um, I, um, I am today living here in Copenhagen, married to Nina, my wife, and together we have a little daughter, a little miracle baby who has just turned two and uh, who we love very much. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, it's been an incredible journey so far. Wow, that's amazing. So <clears throat> you just had a baby, two years yes. old. Do you feel like when you became a father, especially to the father of a daughter, that that like yeah. reignited that passion inside of you to help like the women out there? 45 million is such a <laughs> unfathomable number to wrap yeah. your head around. True. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely uh, made it even more personal. And, yeah. um, and I think, um, yeah, 
I, I don't think it's been a hard thing to 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 become passionate about. I, I really sure. think it's it's the father's heart, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, before I became a dad, um, I, I got to work very closely with with obviously our aftercare work as well in those early mm-hmm. days, and and uh, I think just that sense of responsibility for a very vulnerable. Uh, individual a very vulnerable person is something that that you really sense in in this work um that 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 has been very uh, similar to (laughs) to becoming a dad to be honest um just that sense of responsibility i i remember feeling in those very early days where um we had survivors coming out of just absolutely horrific situations and into our care and basically had nothing you know they had the clothes they were wearing that day and that was it they had lost their health they had lost their relationship they had lost their family their friendships they had lost trust in in other people in authorities and and so you really kind of started from from the beginning again to rebuild a life and uh, um yeah what an incredible responsibility that that is it is Mm. um yeah when you said it's the father's heart that's so that makes so much sense I remember being at church and I just started my company and Christine came came and spoke about a21 and that's how I was introduced to this organization and we were singing the song that um that month it was that song break my heart for what breaks yours which is a scripture as well but that song just singing it out loud and then she came and Uh. spoke and I just felt so clearly that God's like this breaks my heart, you yeah. know? And so that's when that, that, that kind of, that is um, absolutely my story. Plans. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry for talking over you. Um, no, you're fine. No, yeah, no, that was absolutely the song for me. Like that is absolutely mm-hmm. where it started for me back in, back in Australia. We, we were singing this song, Hosanna and yeah. that exactly that line. And it just became my prayer. You know, I had really no idea about human trafficking, to be honest with you. I, I really didn't know, the, the magnitude of it and what was really going on. You know, I hadn't been taught in school, which is pretty crazy to think about uh, when you realize how big this issue is that, you know, I, I, I went to school and no one ever told me about it. I didn't read about it in the newspapers. Um, and, and I didn't have a plan to, um, to kind of get involved in this course uh, because I honestly wasn't aware of it. And, and I, but I started praying this prayer god break my heart for what breaks yours you know align my heart with yours and mm-hmm. um and th- that's that's when i that's when it all started that's where i got connected with with nick and christine and 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 was made aware of this issue and and so yeah i think you're absolutely right it's just it's just when our hearts align with god's that uh, we just come become exposed to yeah what what we really called to do and um and the purpose that's on our lives to do good, which I believe is on all of our lives to do, uh, Ephesians so 2.10. So, yeah. It's so good. So I want, one of the things that I just love and adore about A21, because mm-hmm. I've taken some time to learn and I had the privilege of, you know, going to Thessaloniki and meeting yeah. you guys and seeing your yeah. um, operations firsthand. And yeah. what really stood out to me that you guys are doing so well is the journey you take with each one person, you know, 45 Mm -hmm. million is so many people, but you guys really go above and beyond to not just, you know, rescue one and like, okay, here's your bed. Here's your, you know, health kit, you know, here's a hug Mm -hmm. and a hot meal. It's like, you guys really go the long road with each Mm -hmm. survivor. So I'd love for you to kind of take us into like the, um, 
the structure of like mm-hmm. how you help people truly, yeah. you know, like what yeah. does that look like for one person as they are brought into your care? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, A21 um, was really started on on that vision to, um, to, to serve the victims of this crime. Now, th- that, that scope has expanded over the years and that A21 is doing everything from, you know, awareness, prevention, education, all the way through to seeing identification of victims and, you know, empowering law enforcement. We, we just, just last month, we just reached uh, having trained our own staff, having trained 30,000 frontline professionals, um, and like majority of them being law enforcement officers wow. in, in identification and identifying victims. You know, we run three different hotlines, national hotlines in three different countries. We do a lot of work to actually see victims find freedom. Um, but um, where, where it really started for us was actually, okay, we need to help these victims, these survivors of this crime. And um, yeah, we, uh, it, it, is, it is absolutely the heart for the one. And, and I think that's, that's how we just bring it back to something that's, that's tangible, because as you say, like the statistics can be overwhelming and can also be dehumanizing in a way uh, we got to make this real and it really is about the one and the individual and so there is no such thing as a copy paste when it comes to someone's life every single survivor is different uh, every single one of them have had a different experience and they are reacting to that experience in a different way and and so also they have different dreams they have different skill sets they have different interests and so our approach to helping that person needs to be individual has to be tailored to that individual. And so we have, we got constantly expanding that toolbox of of what we're able to help with. But uh, A21 has um, really been on a journey with this as well and uh, have implemented what we call a community model, um, which uh, really engages the entire community around our aftercare programs to to engage with local professionals, local vendors, local um, uh, services in order to help the survivors in the best way and give them as many options as possible. We also really are a huge believer in in creating a a sense of independence. And so we know that survivors, uh, they have a desire actually to take control of their own lives, to not be controlled to not live in an environment of of of, of restrictions um but really having a, a a pathway forward where they can be empowered to live their own life the way they want to live it and so um we have this thing called the freedom center which is at the center of this model and and it's really a, a kind of a drop-in center but only for survivors to in our care and it's this beautiful environment where you can actually walk in and you have First of all, an incredible environment and staff who are who are there to encourage you and help you on the journey. Uh, it's a place where you can learn skills. It's a place where you can go through what we call life programs that are really helping, um, you know, from everything from understanding what trauma is and what has happened to you and how you practically deal with that to learning life skills and, you know, teaching you, um, you know, how to perhaps um, about your diet, how to do a, a budget well, how to manage your finances, how to build healthy relationships, um, uh, how to shop well. <laughs> I mean, literally everything uh, that, that's relevant to, to your life and actually working through um, your journey with a, with a social worker and, and obviously counseling and so on. 
um, all the way through till perhaps finding a job there and working there for a season to actually start making an income so that you can start having your own budget and, and manage your own your own uh, finances. Uh, our right. goal learning, is that, learning the language yeah. and learning yeah. the language. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously, these these are different in every single country. Um, yeah. You were there visiting us in Greece in, in 2000, uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, uh, before the pandemic. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like crazy you know, time Greece, before. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Remember that time? Um, yeah, no, it's um, Greece is amazing. I think we've had 68 different nationalities now through our work in Greece, wow. which is just crazy. Um, literally people coming from all over the world who are being tricked, who are being lured in by false promises or false relationships and end up in Greece um, and and uh, then end up in an exploitive situation. And so, you know, sometimes it's like United Nations in in, in our in our in our center is there because you have like I don't know twelve different nationalities and languages spoken and and uh, it's a lot of fun um, as well. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really powerful thing to see when you really understand what's what's happening when it comes to human trafficking and what someone can go through to then see a, that transformation take place of someone actually coming on a journey and seeing their lives life turned around. Um, you know, given opportunities for an income, being being safe, uh, being in a place where they are valued, where there's value that's placed on them as an individual, you know, is really the first thing that's removed from someone when they are trafficked. And that's the first thing we want to give back. And you know, everything we do has got to communicate that message that you have value, you matter, you have a future, you can get through this. You, uh, you know, we call them survivors, as in you survive something. Yes. You were victims of a crime, but you survived. You got through it, and now, now, uh, you know, let's let's take on the rest of your life, and let's help you through this this journey, and and see you succeed in that. And so, you know, that can be a many many year journey. Um, we um, we also do legal prosecution, where we are, um, you know, helping the prosecution, which is obviously the state uh, in in actually seeing traffickers held um, to justice. And, and why know, is that so important? Like, why? Yeah. I know we've talked about that a bit. And I know when yeah. I was in Greece, there were some really big cases that yeah. we were praying over that were going yeah. to happen soon, yeah. that were coming up. And you guys were kind of um, explaining it to us. But mm. so often these traffickers aren't facing any sort of mm. um, of convictions or mm. penalties because either what the survivors are too scared to do a testimony or they can't, you know, find the right, like, wh why yeah. is that such an, a critical piece of what you guys do in terms of prosecuting and like helping these yeah. victims um, share their, you know, testimonies, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so right now, human trafficking is an organized crime and the, the goal of any organized crime is to make a profit. And right now human trafficking is a $150 billion uh, uh, business um, th that is that is just incredible uh, the amount of money that I hear and the reason for that is obviously that it is a lucrative crime um, we can see people being sold and exploited you know over and over and over again compared to other crimes such as drugs or or weapons um, and 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 so there's a lot of money involved uh, and so right now you have a problem I think the biggest problem with human trafficking is that we have um, a high reward 
uh, and a low risk. Um, we are seeing barely, very, very low percentage of, of, of traffickers actually facing uh, justice for this. And this is one of the biggest challenges for law enforcement around the world. Uh, it's, it's very rare that you see charges on human trafficking and actually traffickers being held accountable. And the reason for that is that uh, it is such a tricky crime to prosecute in that often, you know, if you had to prosecute a um, someone for drug trade, uh, you catch someone on the street uh, with illegal drugs, you know, it's pretty black and white. You you put that <laughs> those drugs in a in an evidence bag. You you have some you have some witnesses to that that situation. You perhaps have some victims, and and then you have a court case with those evidence presented. Well, with human trafficking, you have a a victim of the crime. You have a witness to the crime, and you have evidence to the crime. And often that's the same person. That's one person. All those three. Uh, and, and you can't just put a person in a in a storage room until the court case. That person can then leave. They can be threatened. They can be manipulated. They can be um, forced. They can be removed. Um, they can be kidnapped. Um, and, and, and it can take years to to actually see a, a court case. We just won a court case the other week and it taken nine years, nine years for this court wow, to actually hear crazy. the case. And so we have been tracking them all that time and to ensure that this testimony is being heard. Um, it's also still a new issue for the court that they have a very hard time grasping with. They are not always educated on the latest trends and schemes of human traffickers. And it can be very hard to, to yeah, have the evidence for, for the crime, which is obviously necessary. And so as an organization, this is so important that we have a partnership both with the prosecution, but also with law enforcement in order to navigate and guide a case um, and see it happen. So yeah, it's a, it's a huge challenge because you, you usually don't have many different witnesses to the crime. Uh, on, and then on the other side of it, the traffickers, they are pulling in, doing everything they can to, to get out of this situation. They have, we've sometimes had up to 12 lawyers on the side of the trafficker. <laughs> a team of 12 lawyers, including, you know, sometimes politicians and there's corruption involved. And it's, it, there's all of these challenges involved. So, you know, the, the power of it is that when we do succeed in a prosecution, when we do succeed, it, it's powerful for the survivors because they actually see justice. But it's also justice for every single other victim who have maybe been trafficked in that, in that ring. And then it's also preventing, obviously, others from being trafficked right. because now this person is removed. And so it really has this exponential impact where sometimes we've just we've been able to help maybe one survivor or two survivors representing them in court. And law enforcement have told us that uh, once we have actually won that court case, that they believe this guy had actually trafficked a thousand people over the course of his career. Uh, you know, so so we might have been able to help just one or two people, but we are now finding justice for those thousands of people. And we are now ensuring that they're not going to be hundreds of others being trafficked by the same ring. So, yeah, and it that's sends the a power message to, it does. Yeah, and it, it sends a message to the other traffickers as well. Exactly. Like, this area is cracking down on this. And I, I guess <clears throat> this is one of the questions I had back in the day. And I think it's just it's a, I don't know, it's a good one in the sense of Greece why yeah. is Greece, you know, the United Nations when it comes to mm -hmm. all these women being trafficked there? Like, why would you yeah. 
put your finger, like, can you put your finger on like why Greece? I know it's everywhere, Mm -hmm. but um, why Greece and why is it such a big problem there specifically just like, I guess, Thessaloniki where you guys Mm. had your first operations, but in general, like why Greece? Yeah, sure. No, Greece is in a, a both. A, there's both a geological position to it, um, where um, um, a geographic, sorry, <laughs> um, position to it, where um, it really is an entry point into Europe, uh, mm-hmm. and so you have uh, you have obviously Africa, you have the Middle East there, and Turkey. Um, and, and so if you can, you can have an entry point where you have this water border between Turkey and Greece that you can literally see land from the coast of Turkey. Uh, you can see Greece on the other side. And if you can get into Greece, you're with inside uh, what's known as the Schengen zone in Europe. And so you can travel freely without a passport into the rest of Europe if you can get into Greece. Um, so, so you see a lot. So, for example, when we saw the Syrian refugee crisis in 2015, uh, you saw, I think it was over 90% of all of refugees came through Greece into Europe. Uh, and it was just such a strong signal of this is like an entry point. There's, there's a road here. Um, you know, furthermore, you have a really difficult uh, and a long history of, of bad kind of political relations between Turkey and Greece. But then you also have a, a Greece is also a, a destination country. Uh, especially for, for sex trafficking. And, you know, um, we have a country that has a long history of, of, of prostitution and it not just being legal, but also being socially accepted in the country. And so that creates a huge demand um, for, for sex um, and for the, the sex industry in Greece. And someone has to meet that, that demand. Um, and, 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 you know, so so there, there's multiple factors that 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 drives um, Greece as a as a as a kind of key key country in this fight. Um, yeah. And like, I know some people see prostitution, and there's like a mm. debate on it. Um, sure. Obviously, not with you and me, but <laughs> there is a, <laughs> the idea of like, well, it seems like these women when mm-hmm. I've, you know, gone to someone maybe visits like a red light district or they mm-hmm. see something and the women don't seem like they are trafficking victims or locked mm-hmm. up or they don't seem yeah. like they are, um, you know, held against their will. It seems like they're pretty like confident in their profession. Like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. have you learned as you've kind of dived into like that that concept or maybe you've hit that wall with somebody trying to say well you know these women are choosing this profession mm-hmm. yeah i know it's very complex um i i personally have seen um victims being identified by law enforcement and public prosecutors who have been in the legal sex industry have been on the street or have been in a brothel or, or a strip club or something that's very public where we would have maybe seen them driving past in their cars and so on. And no one would have, no one could tell uh, in that moment. And what we realized is that that's a long process that when someone is in that public environment, if you like, that you're describing, um, well, they have, they have been groomed. At, I'm not saying everyone, but, but we've definitely seen victims of human trafficking in those environments that have been you know, groomed over perhaps a long period of time where the trafficker has almost invisible, invisible shackles on a person. 
And whether that's driven through threats or, or coercion or manipulation or, um, or actual violence over time that someone has literally had their will broken um, or perhaps they owe them a, a made up sum of money um, that they have to pay off a debt from. Uh, this, is a, this is a process that goes on for a long time. I, I remember one case where a, a woman had been, had been trafficked um, to one country in Europe and there the trafficker had taken her child and, and he had told her, okay, now you got to travel to this country and you got to uh, um, prostitute yourself. Um, there was a lot of violence involved, a lot of threats involved in this process. And, but over time, she was told that you have to now go to this country and prostitute yourself and you have to send money and, and you have to pay off this debt before you can have, see your son again. <laughs> and the police in that country, they kept uh, arresting this woman for illegally prostituting herself. And she wouldn't tell them anything. And it was not till they pressed her uh, to expel her from the country that she finally told the story. And but she was she was convinced that if she involved law enforcement, that she would never see her son again. And this was right. her only choice. And mm-hmm. so you know she wasn't you know she wasn't held in in a warehouse. She wasn't tied up physically and and restricted physically like that. But there was this invisible prison around her where she was not able to tell anyone. She was not able to have any sense of freedom. It was just, it was fear. Uh, fear was mm-hmm. her prison and fear was her shackles. And it was, she was held in this. Um, and, and we see that outworked in many ways. And, and traffickers are getting smarter and smarter. And they are very particular in how they're selecting their victims. They find their unique vulnerabilities and they exploit that. Uh, and mm-hmm. that, is the, that is really <laughs> rough to hear, but that is the truth. Um, you know, the one thing that every victim of trafficking has in common is vulnerability. They were found in a vulnerable situation that someone took advantage of. Um, and the approach to that looks very different to every person. Um, sure. But yeah, that's, that's, that's it's a, it's a who, complex thing to unpack. But um, it is, yeah. it is. But I, I just love your, um, you know, your mind on it. Like you, you've obviously studied this for so long. And I think I remember when I was learning some of this for the first time, like I was just so mind blown, you know, like the, the intricacies of it. And, yeah. and even now I'm sure with the internet, it's gotten even more, you yeah. know, um, challenging. Yeah. Maybe there's more paper trails now though, you know, in terms of communication, mm-hmm. but um, you know, going back to the topic of, of freedom, because, you yeah. know, you yeah. guys have seen so many freedom success stories of, mm-hmm. you know, people being rescued and then mm-hmm. finding their new story in life or finding a career, finding freedom, finding yeah. purpose, you know? So I guess I'd love to just kind of wrap things up with what's going on with a 21 mm-hmm. now. You just said that you guys yeah. trained over 30,000 frontline professionals, which is mm-hmm. incredible, but I guess I'd love to hear kind of what's going on with the organization now. Cause it has been a bit since I've caught up with you guys yeah. and your team. Um, and like, what's kind of what's next. Sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty humbling to 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 share actually what's happening because um, you know the, obviously the last two years have, have have been difficult for many people and many organizations. But actually, last year was was actually our biggest year ever when it comes to impact. Um, we have we have reached more people with awareness more than ever before. We reached more people with prevention more than ever before. Um, we saw more victims um, find freedom from human trafficking than ever before. 
and more survivors coming into our care than ever before. Um, and, and, and more people being in our care helped uh, at the same time than ever before. So it's, it's actually incredible. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. It's wow. an absolute miracle uh, to be able to say that after, you know, um, the pandemic and how that's literally impacted every single country and location that we have, uh, that we are working in. And so um, we are crazy passionate to, 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 and we really believe that this mission is possible. And, uh, you know, we have opened more freedom centers in more countries. We're implementing this model that, that, that I described a little bit before um, across the locations that we are working in. Um, and our big vision, um, looking kind of more distant into the future, is to really find ways that we can give away everything that we have learned. And so how can we empower other organizations out there, other groups out there who just have a, a great passion to fight human trafficking, but perhaps lack the resources. Um, we are very, we recognize that we are, we are fortunate that we are privileged to have worked in so many countries and have the size of an organization that we have become. Um, not that we are that big actually, but, but we have worked in, in a lot of locations um, and, and have gained a lot of experience in, in working with survivors. And that has, enable us to develop some great resources and programs um, that could benefit so many more people. And so um, we're excited to, to expand the vision to, to find ways to literally give away what we, have, what we have learned and empower organizations out there, train them, help them uh, with resources um, to, to fight the fight because our mission is much bigger than us <laughs> as A21. Yeah. And we want to yeah. empower people everywhere. We, we are also um, uh, working very hard to to just help the individual out there, um, you know, to make a difference. And so, you know, our website is already packed with free resources. You know, you can you could jump on there and find guides that can help you as a parent and how you have this conversation with your kids when it comes to your online safety, like you were mentioning before, or or how to talk about human trafficking too the school teacher or the youth group leader or the, or the church pastor or whatever community leader or business leader you are, um, we, have, we have resources that it can help inform people about human trafficking and, and empower them to make a difference. We don't all have to uh, move to Greece and do what I did um, to, to get involved in this fight. We can all play our part. And, um, you know, I, I love these partnerships. I love this incredible partnership that we have with you and your, your incredible generosity and what we've been able to do together um, over the last, I think, over seven years now, uh, which mm -hmm. is amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just incredible. Um, uh, your support, uh, what, what that has done uh, for us, for, for your company. And I love partnerships like this um, where we can team up and, and make a difference together. Um, so we have a, a really big vision to continue to expand the work of A21. And, and to also uh, empower um, people beyond our own hand um, to, to in so this good. work. Yeah. That's so good. So yeah, let's just share a little bit about how to get involved. Um, yeah. There's resources like Phil was saying yes. at a21.org. You can get all sorts of things for different age children and adults, whether you wanna mm. share 
stuff um, in your child's school, or if you are a teacher or you're a youth group leader, or, you know, sharing something with your church. Um, There's also the walk for freedom that happens every October. You can organize a walk, you can fundraise, you can be part of a walk. So make sure you're following a 21 on Instagram and join their email list. So you can stay up to date with that. Um, At Horatio Printing, we donate 20% of our quarterly profits to a 21. So when you shop with us, you are also helping, but you can give directly to our fundraiser. We're on a mission at Horatio Printing to raise $100,000. We're on our way. And so if you want to give directly to our fundraiser, you can go to HoratioPrinting.com backslash A21, A21. Um, And that'll take you right to my campaign page. And you can just give straight there. You don't have to shop. You can just go right to the, um, the campaign and donate to this work. But like Phil was saying, there's, there's a way to get involved, whether that's, you know, downloading the resources, sharing where you can, um, and, you know, doing the walk for freedom. And also I know a 21 takes interns on every year. So maybe you want to get involved. Maybe you want to consider an internship at one of their many locations, and, um, and lastly, I wanted to let you know that, you know, we talked a lot about Greece and why Greece is such a big place, but this, this, um, you know, human trafficking situation is everywhere. It is, it is in the U S like, I remember finally realizing like, oh my goodness, it's in my backyard. It's literally everywhere. It is in the U S it's in every country. It's not just in Greece. Um, so we do have to get involved and spread the word um, in our communities because this is happening all over um, our own countries, wherever you're listening uh, right now. So you definitely want to get involved so we can, you know, start to make a difference and provide justice and freedom mm. to to our brothers and sisters that are made in the image yeah. of God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Phil, thank you so much for joining me today. It was fun oh. to like catch up and pick your brain. I know it's such a heavy topic, but yeah. um, you know, it's an impactful topic and it's just yeah. so important. And I just want to applaud you for fighting the good fight and doing the work that you're doing and um, looking forward to a continued partnership and hitting our goal of hundred K yeah. um, for a 21. So thank you so much for hanging out. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. And I'm the one who sang, who she said, thank you. I'm just so grateful um, for you, Polly, and for what you're doing with Horatio Printing and um, for all the incredible work and, and awareness you're spreading as well for this podcast and in other ways. And so I, I love that we can uh, be on this mission together in this way. And so thank you to everyone out there as well who have been, have been either giving um, through this fundraiser or even just shopping and, and indirectly that way have been able to, to help and support the work and yeah, I really hope that we can help people all over the world to, to get on mission to, to fight this crime. And so, yeah, thank you for, for letting me be part of, of your podcast today. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. I hope you loved this interview as much as I did. I would love for you to partner with us over at Horatio Printing to donate and just join our fundraiser. You can do that if you go to HoratioPrinting.com backslash a21. I have the link in the show notes as well, but I would love for you to partner with us as we fight freedom together. Every amount matters and truly you can make a difference today. So I just want to open that invitation to you. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. God bless and the best is yet to come.